so yesterday I did a TV interview and um, I brought each of the hosts, it's a two-host two show, and I brought them each a journal to start a gratitude journal. <laughs> and one, there's a man and a woman, and the, the man, he said, oh, this is how fantastic, thank you. I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to start this, and I'm going to keep it with me always. And I said, that's great. Do keep it with you always, because it's a practice. You have to train your brain to look for the positive. You can't just say, hey, practice gratitude, and all of a sudden you have this great big gratitude practice. So most of us uh, are wired to look for what's wrong. And so one of the things that I share in the book is what's right right now. So in the midst of whether it's a beautiful moment, whether it's a challenging moment, what's right right now? Welcome to the Gratitude Podcast on www.georgeandbenta.com, where you'll hear a new story each week that will inspire more gratitude in your own life. Our mission is to inspire 100,000 people to discover how to feel gratitude and live a happy life through the amazing life stories of our successful guests and their actionable tips. And now, the host of our podcast, George and Benta. Hi, Gratitude Seeker. Welcome to a new episode of the Gratitude Podcast. Today with me, we have a wonderful person that I'm really happy to have here with us. Her name is Stephanie D'Alfonso, and she's the author of Goodbye Anxiety, Hello Freedom, How to Build Resilience and Overcome Anxiety. And uh, she is perfect for, for this moment because I, I freezed for a few moments <laughs> because I forgot to ask how to pronounce the name correctly. And um, I'm really happy to have her here with us. And uh, I'm really curious where our conversation would go. Happy to be here with you, George. And thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. So I'm really excited and um, a bit nervous, which is good. And um, yeah, first thing that I want to ask you is if you can tell us more about you, about your story, about your life. Sure. So um the, my very first career was as a celebrity radio DJ, and I loved it. It was so much fun. Um, and then when I had my last radio job, it was doing the morning show. So I was getting up you know, crazy early in the morning. I had two small children, and I got extreme insomnia, where anybody listening who just heard me say that, if, if you've experienced it, I know a shiver just went through you because it is absolutely unbearable. It's really debilitating. So I went to the doctor and uh, as most of us in the States would do, we go to the doctor and we get a prescription <laughs> and it worked for a short time and then it stopped. So now it got even more out of control. And up until this point, this, I'm in my mid thirties when this happened. And up until this point, I never knew that I had struggled with anxiety for my entire life right? When I went to the doctor, he said, well, insomnia, anxiety, hello. And I never knew because that was all I ever knew was the, oh my gosh, the what ifs and worrying and, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. and so 
when the medication didn't work for me anymore, I was like, I'm on my own here. I need to try and figure out how do I, how do I get past this? So I started researching, and this was back in the mid-90s. So it was way before technology. You know, we could never have done this back in the mid-90s, George, and first of all, because of technology and also because of your age. I'm quite a bit older than you, and I, it's okay. I've earned, I've earned all my wrinkles and my grays. And so here I am in the mid-90s trying to do research on anxiety, and there really wasn't a lot. First of all, the World Wide Web was in its infancy, and there was no Google yet. So I'm going to the library trying to find information. And so then I, you know, I started this journey and started to find ways that helped me to find balance in my life. And so I've been now for over 20 years um, doing research on anxiety and how to overcome it. Notice I'm not talking about managing or coping with it, but to truly get on the other side of it because you know, life is going to throw us curveballs. And it's not to say that I don't ever experience stress and anxiety in my life. I do. However, what I do and what I teach my clients and hopefully can inspire your listeners to do is to be prepared for knowing that, oh, life's going to throw me a curveball. I know how to respond to that. So the key is, Georgian, to respond instead of react. Yeah, that, that's beautiful. And um, I've, I've read this in a book right now i can't remember the name um but it talks a lot about uh, how our brain works and the fact that we we are we are either in a state of uh response or in a state of uh, uh reaction to the things that are happening and um i don't know if if you know about this book but um I think it's very interesting that, that you, you're mentioning this. Oh, I've read so many books and so many research <laughs> studies about this. Uh, as I said, back in the mid-90s, there really wasn't a lot of research. But now I can point to all these different places. And they've, they've proven, neuroscientists have yeah, proven yeah. that we can change the uh, responses in our brain. That They used to think that you know, our brains matured to a certain point. I think they said it was on, like when we were 40 years old and then that was it, the brain was fixed. And they've come to find now that, no, it's not the case. Our brains are malleable so that we can, uh, they talk about the neurons that wire together, fire together. And so we go into these habitual react responses, mm-hmm. right? We react, react, react. Well, when we start changing it up and we, we stop, there's that little space between the action, like, you know, some kind of stimulus. And then what, there's a little tiny fraction of a second in that space. And we get to choose. It's a choice. We get to choose whether we just go into that old reaction or if we take a breath, and respond in a different way. And this is why in my book, I've got 35 different ways because, you know, what works great for me might not work great for you. So find a couple of ways that you can start building up. And it's literally, you have to work at it. It's not like, oh, uh, you know, oh, read this book, then put it on the shelf and let it just sit there. I call that shelf help because, you know, (laughs) then it doesn't change your life, right? We have to practice and practice and practice. Just like if you play a musical instrument or you play a sport, you have to practice to get good at it. So you have to practice this emotional resilience as well. 
Definitely, definitely. And I love, I love some of your exercises. I, I think they are so simple and, and they're, they're easy to do. And this is what I love about uh, something that's, that's practical. You know, if, if it's too complicated, people will just not do them, you know, at least exactly. this is my situation. If it's too complicated, um, I tend to forget about it or just not do it, not find the time necessary to do it. But when it's something simple, I think that's that, that's brilliant. Like it's the essence of, of, of wisdom, you know? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And, and that's yeah, like the book. Um, you see, it's very thin. It's a small book. And that's intentional because somebody had, when I was writing my book, somebody had said, oh, look at this book. You might get some inspiration from it. And it was 400 pages. If you're if you're already feeling stressed, anxious, and overwhelmed, you're not going to sit down and read a 400-page book, right? Exactly. And if I said to you, and if I said to you, Georgian, okay, the key to you finding emotional resilience is to meditate 20 minutes in the morning and meditate 20 minutes at night. If I said that to you or anybody who's listening right now, your eyes just glazed over, you shut down. I was like, that's not happening. But when I say, oh, okay, um, when you start to feel stressed or anxious because of something happening and you just stop and think, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. You can do that. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I know you have an exercise uh, that you do with the hands that I think is really... Oh, excellent. Well. Excellent. Okay. So um, unless you're driving, uh, do this along with us. Um, if you're driving, come back and listen to this later. But this is brilliant. This is such an easy thing. And most of the techniques in the book uh, are simple enough to teach kids. Um, because I think, I really believe that kids need to be taught these skills. They you know, need to be taught how to... Um, to handle their emotions when they're young so that it, they don't get into these bad habits that we have as adults. So if you would think about, and you too, Georgian, think about something that has happened recently that maybe you can feel a little stressed or anxious about. And then put your hands together like prayer palms in front of your body. And then swing one hand out to the side and bring it back to the middle, the other hand out to the side, back to the middle. And keep doing this back and forth, right? Keep bringing your hands back to the midline of the body and going out and back, out and back, out and back, out and back. And what's happening for you, Georgian? Um, I'm getting a feeling of, of balance. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so <laughs> what this is doing is it's stimulating both sides of the brain. And that's what brings us balance, right? So when we're out of balance and we're in, in our head in one side, but then we can do this simple exercise and you can do it with your hands like that or you can toss a tennis ball back and forth, but simply going side to side like that, you can, oh, begin to find more balance, more peace, more harmony and calm. Like how simple is that? That's amazing, yeah. And I think it's so interesting we we tend to do some things that are helping us without being aware. Um, I don't know if this is like 100% relevant what I'm saying, but uh, when I'm stressed out, I tend to um, to pick up things and to just play with them. You know, 
mm-hmm. do something with my hands. It's right. So you find a way to self-soothe. And yeah. th- that's brilliant. When you can listen to your inner wisdom as to what is going to help you, that's like, whoa, that's fantastic, Georgian. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's like really um it really resemble, resembles the, the exercise that we, we just did. The fact that it's something really simple that we can do with our hands, especially if we are kinetic and we, we need to do this, we need to do something with our hands. The fact that we have a beautiful way of balancing uh, how we feel is, is just amazing. Right. And when we do this again and again and again, so I, I, my whole, uh, you know, my whole uh, foundation is you have to do these, you have to do these every single day, weave them in and out. And because they're simple, you can do that. And so then when life throws you a bigger curveball, which it's going to just because it's part of the human condition, then we're already prepared so that we start to fall a little out of balance and can bring ourselves right back. When we don't practice them and, you know, we let the stress and anxiety start to build and build and build, then um, something big comes and hits us and we're flat on the ground. Exactly, exactly. And I have a theory and an experience of my own regarding this, and I'm really curious to hear your opinion. Uh, One of the things that has helped me with resilience is practicing gratitude. Like whenever Mm -hmm. something uh, bad happens the fact that i have been practicing gratitude has been really helpful in um, in finding balance and in being resilient to to that situation have you been seeing that in in your work Oh, definitely. And that's what connected the two of us. Um, I talk about gratitude in, uh, in my book. And I also have another exercise in the book that is specifically about gratitude. Because again, you don't just say, if, you know, in my experience with my clients. So yesterday, I did a TV interview. And um, I brought each of the hosts, it's a two-host co- two show. And I brought them each a journal to start a gratitude journal <laughs> and one there's a man and a woman and the, the man he said oh this is how fantastic thank you i i wanted to i wanted to start this and i'm going to keep it with me always and i said that's great do keep it with you always because it's a practice you have to train your brain to look for the positive you can't just say hey practice gratitude and all of a sudden you have this great big gratitude practice so most of us uh, are wired to look for what's wrong. And so one of the things that I share in the book is what's right right now. So in the midst of whether it's a beautiful moment, whether it's a challenging moment, what's right right now? Well, what's right is I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm healthy. I have a roof over my head. I have my dog snoring next to me. Um, so it's, again, it's a practice. So, you know, people talk about gratitude and keeping the gratitude journal. And, you know, I have said for years that before I get out of bed, before my feet hit the floor, I need to express gratitude for at least three or more things. Because when you start your day in gratitude, you're giving that strong foundation. And my children who are now grown and flown, I... Without even, you know, I think consciously being aware of it, I think that this um, concept of looking for what to be grateful for is just part of how I'm wired. 
And so now I see my adult children, my daughter, who will text me a picture of a beautiful sunset because she, oh, look at that. I want to stop, pull the car over, take a picture of it and express that gratitude. And it's, again, it's so simple. Yeah. Right? But when we practice gratitude, we are actually, this is like one of the things I love so much. I don't know if you know who Sean Achor is, A-C-H-O-R. Yeah, I know, of course. Oh my gosh. He is just incredible. He's a happiness researcher for your listeners who may not know who he is. Um, he is a happiness researcher and he talks about gratitude and that when we experience gratitude, we are manufacturing serotonin and dopamine, which are the happy hormones that are in some medications so that we can naturally activate the production of these natural hormones. And so obviously, if we're having more serotonin and dopamine coursing through our body, there's less cortisol, which is the stress hormone. Exactly. And one of the, the interesting thing is, things um, about this is, of course, we are happier, but um, we even heal faster if we are if we are sick. You know, that's that's another interesting thing about how we interact with our body and how our emotions interact with with our body. Yes, I just recently worked with um, a physician who had to have a uh, a procedure on his heart, and he was incredibly stressed and anxious before the surgery. And um, because he was a physician, I was a little unsure if he was going to be open to um, to me, you know, where the direction I would take him in, which is, you know, calming himself down and you know, using mind body together. And um, he, you know, he got in touch with me after his surgery and said how he sailed through it because when we go into it with, um, and gratitude was a part of it, um, when we go into it with um, less stress and less anxious feelings, then our body has a chance to relax and allow the procedure to do what it needs to do and to recover quicker. And so he said, oh, you know, it was really wonderful. And one of the things, the gratitude was, um, I had made him a recording uh, to listen to beforehand, and there was gratitude involved in that recording. And then there was gratitude in the recording for post-surgery as well um, of, you know, how wonderful that we have the knowledge, we have the technology to be able to, to fix this imbalance in our body. And so again, you know, by expressing that gratitude um, for, you know, when he came out of recovery, whether he, he didn't know beforehand, the doctors didn't know if he was going to need a pacemaker or not. So to express gratitude beforehand, um, whether I wake up with a pacemaker or not, if I wake up with a pacemaker, grateful that they, we have the technology to be able to help me in that way. Or if, he wakes up and didn't have the pacemaker to be grateful for that too. And it turned out he didn't need the pacemaker, but he was prepared for either way. Hmm. One of the things, one of the things I do want to um, bring up um, Georgian is that, you know, I can talk about, you know, do these techniques all day long. And yet if there's unresolved traumas from the past, um, those need to be addressed. And that's really not something you can do on your own. And I, I'm not talking about just big T, capital T traumas, where 
there was a uh, research study done here in the States uh, many years ago, but it only came to light recently, in the past few years, called the ACEs study, the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study. And they asked 10 simple questions about you know, things that went on in your childhood, uh, whether there was you know, addiction in the, the family or you lost a parent, you know, big T, capital T, traumas. And they found that the more high, you know, the higher you scored on this test, again, it's just 10 simple questions, but if you score four or more of these, you're twice as likely to develop heart disease as someone with zero ACEs. So those are the big T capital traumas that need to be resolved, but also it can be small T traumas, things that seem so insignificant. Um, then a 14-year-old cheerleader that I worked with for her fear of dogs. And so you would think, well, if she has a fear of dogs, it's because she had um, a, a traumatic experience with a dog, even younger as a child, right? Yeah. It wasn't that at all. It was performance anxiety from when she was like four years old and about to do her first dance recital. So we healed and change that memory, which wasn't a, a big trauma, right? On the surface, it looks like, oh, what's the big deal? And yet for her, it, you know, it really took hold and it grew into other areas. So we took care of the dogs. That's like totally gone. But then afterwards, her mother tells me, oh, by the way, she stopped throwing up on competition days. Now, they hadn't shared that with me beforehand that she was throwing up on competition days. <laughs> but because we took care of this one area, it it went over into this area of her life. Oh, and by the way, as a freshman in high school, she landed a spot on the varsity cheerleading squad. So this all came about because we took care of this one imbalance, this one uh, unresolved trauma. We resolved it. And now at 14 years old, we just changed the trajectory of her life completely. Yeah, I totally believe in this because I've worked on different, traumas of my own and i in my experience uh, working with people from all walks of life and and so I, even people that i thought that really had no issues and no possible problems or no traumas of any kind even they had all kinds of situations in their life that uh, that are very similar to what you were saying and and i found that really fascinating because at one point when i was uh, younger i thought that it was only me that was having those kinds of issues and no <laughs> right right and we do think that we think oh no everybody else has it together and it's just me but it's not we all have issues and you know i had i had a very challenging uh childhood um it i had a lot of unresolved traumas and i couldn't work on them on myself i've worked with many 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 coaches and healers uh, to work on my stuff. Um, and again, it, you know, I did have on that ACEs score, I, unfortunately, you know, I'm an overachiever. I scored high on that uh, because I did have a, a troubled childhood. Um, but like, if you go, oh, you have, haven't had a chance to see this yet, um, Georgian. If you go to sheconquersfear.com, it's a webpage of this beautiful client of mine who at 19 uh, came to overcome her 
crippling, her words, crippling fear of flying. She was not going with her family on their vacation. And uh, the mother said, oh, we know exactly when it started. And I said, well, maybe, maybe not. And it was not at all where the mother had said. But we identified, you know, where it began. Because if you think of all of these, it's like a weed, right? And if you just sniff the weed above the soil, it's going to come back because the root's still there. You have to get to the root cause and uh, resolve it or heal it. So we did that. And now this 19-year-old college girl who I think she was going to, um, to college for, you know, some kind of business degree. Well, next thing I see on Facebook, she's skydiving out of an airplane. And you'll see it oh on this God. webpage, <laughs> sheconquersphere.com. She's skydiving out of an airplane. She's co-piloting a small plane. And Georgian, she now has gone on to build a very, very successful business called The Five Foot Traveler. She's been to every continent in our world. She's been to over 120 countries. Um, talk about changing the trajectory of someone's life. Amazing. Amazing. And it's, it's so interesting that it's, it's not always about courage. Um, I, I watched a documentary on Muhammad Ali and uh, I was uh, thinking about him when you when you talked about the fear of flying and I found out that he actually feared going on airplanes for a, a big part of his life and uh, that was very fascinating for me because I have flew quite a lot and uh, I don't have this fear but he, him being such a, a big champion and fighting all those big people and so had this fear and it's so interesting how uh how different we are and how uh, being great in one area doesn't mean that we don't have things that we need to work on in other areas Exactly, exactly. It's just what we were talking about earlier that, you know, we think everybody else has it all figured out and they've got like, oh, they've got the perfect life. And then you find out that this incredibly great, strong man has a, had a fear of flying. Yeah, exactly. That was, that was quite something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, what I also wanted to ask you is, is if you um, remember the first time when you uh, really felt the gratitude, like not just the idea, the concept, but actually experiencing it. I know exactly when that was. It was when I was 29 years old and I gave birth to my daughter. <laughs> I felt a flood of gratitude and love like I had never experienced in my life before. And I know that obviously I, I experienced gratitude you know, before that, you know, but I, the moment I gave birth and saw my beautiful, precious daughter, I, I can't tell you, it was just this flood of gratitude and truly experiencing love in the most pure way that I had ever experienced. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's beautiful. And uh, it seems that the memory is very fresh. Like I could really uh, feel your gratitude while you were you were talking about the experience that's very beautiful yeah yeah <laughs> and uh by the way how would you describe gratitude like what does gratitude mean for you 
gratitude is one of if not the highest vibration there is. I, I put gratitude and love and joy all together. Like that, that's, that's the highest vibration. And we can't stay in that vibration 100% of the time because we are in this human condition. Yeah. And yet, the more often that we can train ourselves to get there, and again, it is a training that has to take place. The more that we can vibrate at those high levels of gratitude, joy, and love, then when the challenges come, we can wobble instead of going, you know, flat down on the ground. Um, and so, you know, for somebody listening who is not, has not been experiencing those moments, um, I would say start where you are. And if the only thing you can think of when you wake up in the morning is, you know, <laughs> push the pause button and think, okay, what can I be grateful for? Hmm, maybe I'm grateful because I had a good night's sleep. Maybe I'm grateful because I had a bed to sleep in. Maybe I'm grateful because I remembered to brush my teeth last night. I'm talking about chunking it down into small things. I don't know if um, you have a, a thing called the lottery um, in Romania, but it's a you know, thing we have here in the, the uh, States where you, know, you buy a ticket and you have a chance of winning lots and lots and lots of money. So yeah. I'm not talking about look for the big things. Hey, I won the lottery. Um, <laughs> but look for the small things. Look for the fact that you know, I'm looking, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful to be having this conversation with you, Georgia. So I'm incredibly Thank you. I'm incredibly grateful uh, that technology allows us to do this yeah. because like how, how miraculous is it that we're on opposite ends of this earth and we're having this conversation right now and sharing it with listeners around the globe. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm almost always thinking about. <laughs> I know. And that's why I absolutely honor you for doing this podcast, because uh, as we were talking before you hit record, that, you know, you sharing this, you're shining light out into the world. And so somebody who's listening now, if something in our conversation sparks something in them to raise their vibration, to focus more on gratitude, then you and I have not just touched that one person because now the other people that they're in contact with, their friends, their family, their coworkers, um, they're going to be touched by that as well. And then, oh my gosh, then they're going to touch other people. So it's this, you know, again, I see it um, as like dropping the pebble in the water and how it's got those ripples going out. So what you're doing with this podcast is truly a gift to the world. Thank you so much. I, I love your perspective and uh, and it's really refreshing and and powerful because this this is the truth actually we are impacting and influencing each other and it's amazing when we're able to do this in a positive way and to inspire other people to to be more grateful to be more kind to be more loving and uh, I'm really happy that we are able to do this together you and me both Georgian <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So we are nearing the end of our time together. And I wanted to ask you if you want to mention a few people in your life that had had uh, a beautiful impact and uh, that you're very grateful for. 
Well, my family. I've been married um, in a couple days. I will be celebrating my 35th wedding anniversary. Wow. And, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. That's, yeah, it's a, it's a real milestone. And I'll tell you, you know, again, somebody listening might go, oh, wow, she's got it all together. No, I don't. There have been really tough times in these 35 years. And yet, we've made it through them and that we can be grateful that yes, we've had challenges. Um, good Lord, my husband had a life-saving liver transplant 16 years ago. So mm. let's talk about gratitude for that, right? <sighs> well, from his medication that he's been taking since then, last fall, he was given a fatal cancer diagnosis, like very rare cancer mm. and you know, no, you're not gonna live. And we found the ways to make that cancer disappear. My husband is cancer free. Thank God. Yes. And that was not through, you know, Western medicine. It was through doing some, you know, holistic um, approaches. And so, you know, yeah, we've been through challenges. And so we had the choice, you know, believe me, leading up to his liver transplant, he was in and out of liver failure 12 to 15 times, each time very close to death. And so I could have just been, you know, but I, I chose to, you know, okay, you know, let's, let me, you know, push him through this, this, uh, and get him back to his health, which was not healthy. You know, he needed the liver transplant. But so we've been through these challenges, but I'm so grateful that we're still together after 35 years. Um, my daughter, again, my daughter, oh my God, you know, she is just one of my greatest teachers in life. Um, you know, to see her again, you know, when she, when I gave birth to her, an incredible gratitude and love that I'd never felt before. Um, and then, you know, even, uh, I, I don't know. There's so many people that I'm grateful to. You know, I'm grateful to, to have this conversation with you right now. I know. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know if, you, if we would have the time, there would be a really long list. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to be able to just put the, the question out there. And hopefully our listeners will, will also think about the people in their life that they are grateful for and uh, just get into that uh, positive direction with, with the thinking, you know? Right. And if your listeners would think about, you know, who they're grateful for in their life, I would invite them to take it a step farther and either tell them or send them a note saying, I'm grateful for you in my life because... Beautiful, beautiful. I love that you're you're challenging our listeners and you're you're taking them to the next step. Like I love that. Not <laughs> not not challenging, inviting. Inviting, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I love that more. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a better word, and words are so important. That's so true. Thank you for uh, for making that correction because it it is indeed important. Okay, so. Um, since we're almost at the end of our time right now, uh, can you tell us where our audience can find you? Where can they get in contact with you? Yeah, you can find my book, Goodbye Anxiety, Hello Freedom, at Amazon. Um, and you can find me at, hopefully you'll put this in the show notes, stephaniedalfonso.com. And if you go to my website, you can also download five of the techniques for my book for free. So it can give you five simple techniques that you can start using today 
to be able to calm your stress and anxiety and to increase your gratitude. Amazing. Thank you so much for this and for all of your wisdom and for the great joy of having you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, George. And this was wonderful. Hey, Gratitude Seeker. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this interview. I really appreciate it. And if you could think of one person that would also benefit from it, share it with them. It might actually be the inspiration that they need to make their day or maybe even their life much better. Thank you so much once again. This has been Georgian Benta. Don't forget to keep seeking and spreading gratitude.